listening to the Banana Bus Podcast. Yo guys, welcome back to the Banana Bus Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Viles, with my co-host, Henry Johnson. How are we? Yeah, good. Uh, I was saying in the last take, which is uh, you're never going to see, so you can see this, this is, is take this one. This is take two. This is, but technically to you, it's it's the only version. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I was sent a bit ill. I got sent home from work today because I was too ill because I'm such a fucking corporate warrior. Um, I just love it. But anyway, how are you, apart from not ill yet? Well, I'm looking forward to your realness um, because we did see each other yesterday. We did train against each other yesterday. We I did. think I embarrassed you in a few snap drills. Well, um, I think that's complete conjecture, um, <laughs> as you know. <laughs> but anyway. do, you know what, do you know what, right? Before, uh, I, I'm going to... Alan, honestly, you should have heard this. This is literally we're we're at Mayhem, like lay down brick, come over the top twice in the head, Henry. Oh, but you're saying the, same the, time. Whole, the whole Dorito, I beat you basically every time. Every time. And that's just, you know, just undo that. Read you like a fucking book. But anyway, yeah, until, it's until, not about until us today. what was it? Until... No, 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 Are you trying to this save the embarrassment? Right. This is cap. Sorry. What is not embarrassment? Right. The embarrassment no, of him, not. right? Alan, you're going to love this one. This this is good. We will introduce you in a second, but this one was great. So this we're doing cap, a sap and drill, right? And he was like, right, we'll just go all out. So, you know, just rail off the paint. No worries. And then he said, hear me out, right? The, la- the next one to get hit loses, right? Now, I'd read. Henry's pattern here, right? This is just the game so ending thing. Raps, this is usual. Right. He raps. No, so no, I was no, like, no, no, right, no. I'll snap twice out the right side. This He's is bullshit. The right he then head checks straight into my paint. Out you go. Bye, Henry. <laughs> no, but the thing is, because we're talking about this all day later. about how to read anyway, people. Anyway, I was, I was telling all my us. secrets. No, no. I was telling all my secrets. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do what he's not going to expect, which is what the reverse of what we were talking about. And I did it. And unfortunately, I did get shot. But whatever. <laughs> Let's just say that for the rest of the day. I was trying to go big brain, but really one step forward and then two steps backward. But anyway, it's not about us today, is it? Bigger brain got you. No, bullshit. (laughs) Absolute bullshit. Anyway, it's not about us. Um, We are joined by none other than Alan Smith of the Mayhem Tigers. (laughs) Henry's not going to talk now. Did you see my my fishing rod? That's right behind me. It's bent. Oh right yeah, no, no, you're got, nibbling. Got, yeah, that's good, mate. Got, you're really oh, using, yeah. you're really using all the chat we've taught you over the past two years. But you know, go on. <laughs> oh, this is oh, this is gonna be too good. You wait, the nibbles, the nibbles. Anyway, Alan, how are you? I'm good, mate. I haven't got a cold. I'm all good. <laughs> that's good. That's good. That's what we like to hear. That's like what we like to hear. Um. After that, a kind of quick introduction. Alan, who are you and what do you do? Uh, well, my name's Alan Smith and I run the Man Tigers Paintball Club. And um, I suppose I've, I'm the one responsible for reinventing the team or recreating the team. Um, nice. We did that sort of out the back of COVID or just before really it started. Um yeah, and then it's uh, it, we've got carried away, and it's become like a pretty big thing. It has, it has. Um, yeah. Henry and myself both play for the Mayhem Tigers, which is has been quite an honour, really. Um, obviously, playing with some of the old, uh, like yourself, um, Craig, uh, Jake. You know, some of some of the you guys just. To be honest, you've taught us a lot, which. You, you know when you when. Oh. You, 
<laughs> you know when you get like the younger guys that probably you know henry's played at a higher level longer than i have and mm. you know you i think especially when you come in do you do you think that some of the younger guys probably because they're playing at that higher level than you technically do you think they probably think they know more than you or i think i've, I've definitely i've seen that so um when we I think there's I've I have witnessed clashes of style, not really with this group, but I've witnessed it elsewhere where um where you might like people that are playing at a very high level on sup air uh, tend to look at like the Mound Tigers when we were rebuilding the team and think oh it's a woodland team, these are all guys that have played in the woods, right? But I keep I keep having to say to people, no, no, <laughs> we might have started in the woods, but we're all the guys that helped get paintball out of the woods, right? <laughs> so we're, we're like the guys that were playing full X ball, right? When yeah. it was long games. So that, that's much like more than we, we... we've ever played. Full X ball <laughs> match, brutal. And you can tell because even even though like we do classic now, like I've learned because I've been playing with Tigers quite for quite a long time. Well, longer than Luke. No offense. Um, but I've That's I've learned quite enough. a lot about learned quite a lot about the game through like all of you guys, Jake and you, like Craig, well, about how to read it, and it's just helped me so much. This is the thing I think that because because when we were growing up, we were you know playing ten man or five man in the woods, and then you start seeing people play hyperball or you know arena ball or all these different types of fields, and then they started inventing the. Sup air barricades went back when they had all the hoses interconnecting them and everything. And they started putting paintball on in flat grass fields in stadiums and everything. So you go through that process of learning all that stuff and how it relates and like reading fields. And back then, like it is now with the 10 man scene where you, you're going to a field pretty much blind, aren't you? You know, you're going to a new field that you have to learn how does that field play or how do you break that field down? What, what positions do you need? How does that all work? And it's a bit, it is a bit different from, from Expo where you've got the field in advance, you can play on it and you can sort of learn it by rote then, right? Because you can just experience playing it and learn how to break it down. Um, yeah. So by the, like with Expo, by the, nowadays with Expo, by the time you get to a tournament, You've probably played the field loads of times. You've got all your break shots dialed in. You know, you, you know. What I, I heard mean. quite a good stat before World Cup. So PB Fit had played the before the tournament started. They'd played played 137 points on there that field, and that was they only have one week release for the layouts as well. It's 137 that's, points. That's, that's a lot more than we do for like a three week layout. That's or dedication layout. for you. Yeah, which is crazy stats. But then when we play on the ten man. I like we went to Chicago, so we've never seen the fields before. People have been playing these fields for years before us. They already yeah. have an understanding how it plays. We spent a whole day walking four fields. Yeah, no, I know. And th that's, that reminded me, I was, I was saying to you guys about like Toulouse, um, like in the millenniums back in like the early 2000s, you'd go to Toulouse and I don't know, that maybe there were like seven fields or something and you'd have to walk them. So you'd get there whatever a day or so early and you'd be walking these fields and you'd literally have to like get on the field, get the whole team to work out how they were going to play that field, have like a couple of team meetings and then get on to the next one. And it was it was absolutely insane. And the, the thing about the Chicago fields, you're right, in that generally speaking, like the zipper field in Chicago, to me, is a legendary field. I've always wanted to play it. I remember it from like from when I was really young. And um, 
And so like we go over there and basically it's still the zipper field, right? They might change the outfield of it, but that is the field that they've all been playing. And some of those guys, they're, they're legends, you know, those, those guys have, you know, they've been playing since the 90s, some of them. And then the, the, the other guys that are with them on the team are like current legends and they, they know what they're doing on those fields. And so we'd go onto the field and we get to play it twice, you know, and then move on to the next field. <laughs> So Crazy. just when you felt like you were getting getting a handle on the fields, you were uh, moved on, you know, next 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 field. So yeah, it was it was like seriously challenging, I think, for for us to go out there, learn the fields in a day basically, and then and then get two shots on each field. It <laughs> is it's yeah, it's difficult. Good. Um, let's jump into a bit of your history into in in the game because you you obviously said that you you were kind of the pioneers of getting paintball out of the woods into sort of the, the flatter ground supper sort of style export. Yeah, def- um, definitely part of it. Where, yep. Where did you sort of, where did your journey begin as we, as we should so say? It, it started when I was a kid. So when I was 14, <clears throat> me and my, uh, some of my friends from school, we, we used to play Quasar, which is like, I don't know if you've heard of that. It's like laser tag, but it was in an indoor arena. Have you ever heard that- of that? Yeah, I have heard of it. I don't know why I've heard of it. Maybe just that—that that was a thing back then. And um, but the thing about it is that they're just lasers, right? So they don't, nothing really happens. And so we, we wanted to play paintball because it looked much, you know, better and um, sort of a bit more physical or whatever. And um, so, but because we were fourteen, it was a bit difficult finding a site that we could play at because of insurances. And I back then. Uh, everything to do with paintball was in magazines. Like there, it was no internet, no nothing like that. So you used to be able to go into WH Smiths, which uh, was news agents, and you used to, be able <laughs> to get your, your paintball magazines right alongside Air Gun Design, Air Gun, Air Gunner, or whatever you know, all those and all your car magazines and everything. Yeah. And um, so there was uh, a couple. There were paint paintball adventures and PGI Paintball Games International. Um, so and cool. so I actually wrote, it's a bit sad, but I wrote a, a letter to like the editor or whatever, like a little note to one of the editors, like a proper one. So I had to post it to him and everything. <laughs> and, uh, and I was saying, <laughs> like, where can, where, where can 14 year olds play paintball? And they, um, the guy actually rang up. Um, that sounds like a new, new YouTube video. <laughs> <laughs> the, so the guy actually, the editor actually rang up, um, Mayhem, Rob Hollington at Mayhem, because he knew him and he knew that it was near to where I was. And um and Rob said, Yeah, sure, we can we our insurance will cover that age group. So I think <clears throat> by the time I went, actually we went and played, I think I was 15. Um, and we got absolutely hooked. Like we just played all the time. And uh it just it carried like the bug was so I mean, we were, you get to shoot adults, that's pretty cool. Um <laughs> <laughs> it was just so good and we and we just got really good at the fields at mayhem and like that's where reading fields like starts to come from i mean uh, still today most people's first experience is going to be at a like a rec ball type scenario isn't it yeah um and if you get hooked and you play at the same rec ball site you start to learn the tricks of the fields and really that's the same thing you're looking for on like a a 10-man field or, or or any field actually you're looking at how do you break that? How do you break that field open? Like, what's the lock? What's the key that undoes it? Um, and usually, there's more than one way of doing it. And a good team wants to attack all of those avenues. But um, but even back then, there were like tricks on the fields at, at Mayhem. 
and we used to be quick kids so we'd like break out run to a spot drop in and into like a hollow in the ground the other team would come past us we'd shoot them all in the back you know we thought it's hilarious <laughs> <laughs> so, you know and you get hooked and so after i suppose after like i don't know I was thinking about this when I was writing the list of stuff that I've done in paintball. But at the time, it all felt like a long time. But when you look back on it, it was it was really short periods of time. So like maybe within a year or so, we were playing there quite regularly and started working there. So we'd work at the weekends to pay for us to be able to play. Yeah. And then because we were working there, we met the site marshals. You meet the site marshals, you get on the site team, right? And they used to have tournaments at, at Mayhem. Um, so we, um, I think we started our own team using uh, shooting pump guns because it would, it would have all been pumps back then. And we, we got like secondhand Sterling STPs and stuff like that. And so we, we played, but it was right at the, at the time when, um, auto mags and auto cockers were taking over. So we sort of bought these guns and we were like a little bit too late. So <laughs> I think the first tournaments we were playing, we were playing against semis, and we've pumped oh huge <laughs> disadvantage yeah yeah and that is it was that was pretty tough but it, but that's that's how we sort of got into it and because of that then the, the site guys will have picked us up and we started playing on the site team and we were too young to drive so they used to drive us everywhere um and we used to just go to all all sorts like there's a big place rf green and common had like all these buildings old military buildings that you used to be able to um play paintball through like all the old houses and stuff so we did all that for a while and um and then we played i think i played the last year of something called i think it's called the home counties league and that was there used to be a 10-man league structure in in the uk for different mm. parts of the different um areas in the country and the so home kind of like a normal league, sport yeah and the home counties league was the one down this area like in the southeast or whatever and um, I think I played like the last year of that um, with the site team. Um, and then that sort of all sort of died a death and we were doing like five man um, woods ball events and stuff. Um, and then I, then we started, my friends and I started our own team and we um, bought all brand new JT stuff. I don't know how we afforded it, but we bought like blue flex sevens and blue rave 500 tops and we were playing in the woods in that question <laughs> is do you have any more of that stuff or as no, the goggles have gone but the rave jerseys that is one that I'm, i've got online at the moment for sale um, but the thing about that is because like we were talking about kind of come getting like bringing paintball out of the woods well that that was what was happening in the magazines at the time so we're, we're looking at what was in the magazines and we're like We've got to buy that. Like we we need to be the ones running around in like bright blue stuff in the woods, and um, you know, and that was that's part of the journey, right? Because that was that was what was happening in paintball, and so uh, I suppose we did that for a bit, and then we we got noticed because we the the man tigers then was were still they were still using the site. So the, the background, a little bit of background on the man tigers is that. It was a factory team for a, a, a company called Mayhem. It wasn't right. Okay. Site, it wasn't the paintball site, if that makes sense. But I think the company had affiliations too, or there were several different Mayhem sites as well. Um, I'm not an expert on exactly how all that worked, but um, but so the guys that started the team originally, people like um, Steve Baldwin and um, 
John Cashmore and and people like that. They um, they recently passed away. John has actually so, um, but the, the those guys were um, had sort of evolved a bit. So like Adrian Saunders was still in the Mayhem team, but the team would often be at at, at, at Mayhem Paintball site if that makes sense. And right, over okay. time, that company dissolved or disappeared or whatever and it's evolved over time and as far as i'm aware really that company those people are still involved in paintball they they're the guys that um, had lots to do with the millennium series and, oh, um, right. and now like you know gi europe is is effectively that's the route that they're, they're still the same sort of people in the game right um but the um so at the time the tight the man tigers would have been at the site and rob hollington so that, that ronnie ronnie hollington's dad was it was his painful site they were there and and i think probably through that process we sort of got picked up as like a tigers amateur team um oh, that's cool so we started then then we started so the, the the site guys would have taught us a bit but then the then now we had like the man tigers first team would have been teaching us a bit when we're training and stuff and um yeah we played played with them i think i, I played like a pro a five-man pro event with them once like on their second line um that was a really good event in um i think it was at sid cup something like that so that was still woodlands when you say second line is that like um like reserve players sort of thing or was it just yeah, that was that would have been because the i think it was called something like the gold cup and it was at i'm pretty sure it's at sid cup which i think was doug setter's site and um but they because they were a 10-man team they would have had a lot of players on their line then they'd have still had like i don't know 12 13 14 players or whatever right and so okay, if yeah. they went to a, do a five-man they would put two teams in um, right. So okay. I see. They, I see they must saying. have been a bit short or whatever for that event. So then they they would have asked um, if any of us were free. Um, I saw absolutely mental move by um, if you were kind of I was thinking about my paintball history, thinking about like <laughs> things that I saw that changed how I thought about playing paintball. And one of them was um, was at that event. It was um, Marcus Davies playing for the Preds. Um, oh yeah. And uh, there's a pretty boring field that had like a roadie bush that ran all the way down the length of the field. So it was almost like having a tape line set inside yeah. the tape line, if that makes sense. That sort of they had a holding barricade at either end. I don't know if you can imagine that. But anyway, the, the point about it was he the game started. He broke out. He ran straight through the middle of this bush, right up to the player at the corner. So he went from start gate to the opposite corner of the field, mugged the guy, oh. ran across the back <laughs> line, ran over someone, shot him. Shot all the rest of the guys in the back, won the game in like seconds. We, I watched that and we were like, but you know, there's a different way to play, right? That's wild. <laughs> all this like breaking out and just shooting each other. That's one way of playing, but but that was pretty cool. So um, this guy's literally just gone and broken the mold. <laughs> that's it. That's what it's like. And there, there were times like that later on as well. Another time um, that a similar sort of thing happened was the first time I went to the States, I went and played that this was by the time, by this time I was on um, Tigers first team, but we, but we were fresh legs like into the team. So a load of the load of the first team had left. We um, um, kind of got moved up, if you like, into the Tigers first team. And um, so we'd started, just started traveling. And um, America, the first American event I went to was New Orleans. And that was when they were, it was called the Mardi Gras Open or something like that. And that's when, oh, if you yeah. won, won like oh, cars and stuff, 
It's like a big yes. deal. And um, th- this particular thing that I, that we saw was um, it was the one on one tournament there, and there were these guys. They were like young, pretty young kids, really, like similar age to us, probably maybe a couple of years younger. And they were doing the one on one tournament, and they didn't have any team gear. I don't. Rem- I just remember them like in plain t-shirts or something, and they were running through. Every time, like one on one, they would just run straight through and kill the other guy. It was absolutely insane. They were like murderers. And uh, anyway, that was uh, they got to the final. So one of I can't remember who won, but it was the two in the final was Alex Frazier and Ollie Lang. And they, no way. we were like, oh man! Like when we got home, we just started playing like that. So I remember like Ronnie Thomas and I. So Ronnie Hollinson and Tom Hollinson and I came home and we like were playing midweek. Because by then we were training a lot. So we, we were playing, I think it was like a midweek or first weekend back. And um, we just like met up with some other guys that were at the site. And we were just like, let's let's go points. Like we'll just start playing. And we just broke out and just kept moving. And just, it was, it was a totally different way of playing, which is probably common now. You know, like we, at the back at the time, we used to call it like a progressive break that where you wouldn't stop. So you just keep flowing unless you're forced to stop, right? And so the uh, the other team can't re- react properly because they're expecting to shoot you at their mirror, if you yeah. see what I mean, field. But where you actually end up is past their fifty, shooting them in the side. And um, you know, that was another big, big thing. And it turned out it was Alex and Ollie, you know. So that's insane. The the Dynasty that's... Boys, you know, they are known for breaking the mold of paintball. Really, a hundred percent. Yeah. yeah, I think well, that's something we never saw, and obviously, like Alan, you were you were there seeing them do it, you know, in the flesh. And then also the best things because I don't know, it's harder to get, definitely hard to get access to footage and media. You saw that, and then you're able to take that back straight away and be like, yeah. "This is what." Well, that's it. That, and and they, people say that today, don't they? Like they'll say, um, you know, you you like watch another team. I mean, I don't know actually, do they say this? But <laughs> we used to say <laughs> this that so like if we went to an international event when we were first trying to beat big teams we um obviously you wouldn't make sunday right because you'd you'd get beaten and sundays were really hard to make because you had to have almost perfect scores so you had to in the mills you had to be mate in the seven man mills you had to be winning perfect without losing bodies to get to sunday so it's incredibly hard and um and i remember um i sort of slightly lost my train of thought that's useless. <laughs> We're talking about um, watching. Oh teams. yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. So, 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 what would happen is, you know, if you get knocked out and you don't don't get to play Sunday, a lot of teams would um, like today might go home, right? You yeah. notice this, like, and I've heard you guys talking about this about CPPS about how the mounds might be quiet when the mound might be a bit quiet when, and you don't get necessarily all the divisional teams coming up and watching. Yeah, honestly, if I was trying to win, I would be there watching whoever the best teams are because you want to know everything about those players. Like you two guys were talking about playing one on one. You want if you want to beat those guys, you've got to know how those people play so that you know when you're on the field against them. If you're playing against Ollie or you know or um, like some of the fifteens or whoever it is, you've got to know how that player plays so that you can you can beat them in the mind games but but also you might see them do something 
that you can take away. So like the same thing with me seeing Alex and Ollie playing that um, those one-on-ones, like we went straight back and it changed how we played. And and the point about that was that a year later we were making Sundays, right? So That's crazy. Like by, the top, by the next season we'd learned that stuff. We started making the Sundays. Probably the year after that we were making like the finals. Do, do you see what I mean? And it's um, you've got to like we used to sit there. If, if we hadn't made a Sunday, we would sit there, and it's like you'd sort of it's a bit like punishment. But you would sit and watch the finals, thinking that is where I want to be. Yeah. What, what 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 can I learn from from what's happening right now on the field, so that it's us standing there, it's us on the field, uh, playing those games, you know. Um, so yeah, it really it is, it is, it, yeah. Sorry, you carry on. But no, really, all the stuff like these things that we picked up at the time really they they sort of come back to us. So when we're playing with all you like you guys now on the team, it sort of comes back to us. So it's it's slightly odd, like and I'm sure this happens with Ant and like Matt Donegan because at the time Matt Donegan was um, was really young. So by the time oh, I've seen I've seen some of the pictures, they're so cute. Yeah, I mean by the time we got round to because this is the thing about the Man Tigers that it's 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 generational, right? So it's like a continual generational learning. So like when I got into the team, people like um, Rob Hollington and Moose and Keith Regan and people like that, they taught us how to play and how to read the fields. And then you come, you move forward a bit to the early 2000s and the kids in the team then were like Matt Donegan and Matt Jarvis and, and people like that. And they then moved up. So when we, by 2004, I think they did, they launched the European, they launched Expo and they created the franchises, which locked the divisions. A big issue for me in paintball, that was. But the one of the things they did is 2004 was locked franchise European Expo. And so uh, only a certain number of European teams were allowed to play that. And um, and so when that happened, our line needed to increase quite a lot, and we brought in uh, Matt Donigan and Matt Jarvis. Now they were they were like sixteen or something, and they were really good players. They uh, they hadn't really been playing that long, but if you like look to now, like all of the paintball experience that Matt Donigan's got is absolutely immense, you know. And that's that's similar to people like Sam Keats, like Sam, when I was coming up in paintball, we'd go to tournaments and Sam would be playing with his brother, with Colby and, and he came up under, it was it Phil Ham's banner. I think Phil probably taught them how to play to start. And they, they played for a team called Haywire, I think. Um, and they like the amount of knowledge that Sam and Colby have in paintball is, is you can't buy it. It's, uh, yeah. it's just years and years, like decades of knowledge that's why sam i think like sam plays the way he does is because he can read the field so well you know mm. um it's i think it's something like um it in a lot of sports really that <clears throat> like i i take it f f1 for example right the two oldest drivers on the grid are, are hamilton and alonso in terms of experience and stuff like that but why are those guys so good I think it's because they've come through like so many different eras of, of Formula One that they've they've learned how to be able to perfect driving almost. Well, it's taking a lot of knowledge because, well, it's quite obviously they're very different sports, but I think of F1 is very knowledge based. Yeah. Like there's a level of fitness you need to reach to like unlock all of that, but they can tap in from all these things they've seen, like all things that happened. 
like the variables and obviously paintball's got a lot of variables and a lot of small things you need to pick up on to be like next time you're like how do you approach it or like next time how do you change <clears throat> change yeah change what you do and like f1's the same but and I, I think that, like sorry yeah. something else interesting because in paintball there's a lot of longevity right because yes. we're seeing people like i mean right i think ryan's probably one of the best examples because he is so central uh, Ryan Greenspan is so central to Dynasty now, right? Some of the others are slightly more peripheral, but he is absolutely in that core team. He's like a first pick, and he is he has been playing for forever, right? And he uh, obviously he keeps his fitness up and he keeps his reaction time there. But it's the it's the knowledge that he's got in those in game experiences because he's experienced those situations so many times. He automatically reacts to them and he automatically reacts with the high percentage win, right? That's what he's doing every time. He's got the high, uh, a high percentage of, of winning in those situations, like reading the game and reacting. Yeah. Um, that, that's the crazy about the pro division in general. It's like a lot of the players have been there for ages. Like there's loads yeah. of pros that are 20 year pros yeah. or yeah. like 15 year pros. I was going to tell you something else, which is sounds like a bit of a brag and it is a little bit. <laughs> yeah. But, um, in uh, in I was saying about the magazines being so important in paintball. So in about two thousand and five, I think it was, um, PGI had its two hundred two hundredth episode uh, edition, and um, it did for that edition. It did the two hundred best paintballers of all time, and I happened to be in that list. Which is no like, way, <laughs> but the that is about, a flex. Yeah, where were you? Was, what number? I was one thirty six. Oh, nice. <laughs> That's pretty good. But but the the interesting thing about it is when I looked back at it, right? I, I'll just I'm see. guessing he's got it somewhere. He's written it down. Notes. He's going into the I, notes. I've written it down, right? But li listen to this. Number one was Ollie Lang, right? Number two, Chris Lasoya. So this is 2005, yeah. right? Number four is Fedrov. Oh. Number seven is Mishka, right? They're all still active. They're right? still insane. Number ten is Frage. I mean, I yeah. like these are guys that are, they were the they were the best in the world then. Like Fedrov is absolutely insane, right? Uh, where was uh, oh Ryan? I think Ryan was like thirteen or something like that. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's absolutely nuts. When I was I look yeah. back at that and I was like, God, you know, the longevity of those players to be absolutely at the top. Yeah, Still and and again, all those players have come through different iterations of paintball from like. Seven man woods ball to yeah. um like the X ball to the the five man that they play today and and I think that knowledge and those experiences have just kept them at that peak. Yeah, yeah. that's well, why I, I mean, feel like we were saying before this. That's why I feel like paintball skiing and I guess skateboarding are quite similar, also similar because like those people get good because they like they experience as much of like the different bits of it you can. You skate all over the world. You ski all over the world. You try to play paintball as many formats as you can, and I feel like that builds into like your products basically, and you taking all those experiences. Well, I think like for um, for guys like yourselves, I think you'll only become better players by playing by playing high level in like playing ten man at high level against like Americans. I think that's only going to help you when you play export because of the the amount of dynamic the difference do you see what i mean that you've that you've got to learn and read and experience and kind of learn how to react in those situations 
Uh, like yeah. for example, I mean, I'm not a massive fan of playing in the woods. I don't know if that's a shocker, right in my tigers, but I'm not like it's not my massive thing. And um, but being able to attack when it is not clear what is in front of you is very, very, very difficult. If you attack on an X-ball field, right? Mostly there's only five people in front of you. Mostly you've shot one of them. Right. You probably know he's not there anymore. So, you know exactly where there's a hole in the field, at least. Um, and so you're attacking and you've already played that field. You know, 50 times or whatever. So you're it's not like you're attacking blind. You're attacking knowing every angle that's going to come at you as you move through the field. Whereas in, in a woodland, it's way more com- like the uh, I don't know. I'm not kind of trying to overstate it, but. Attacking when it is not clear is very difficult. And the way to do it and win is as a team. So if you play an attack in a woodland field where it's very difficult as a team and win, then those players will, I would say, will play better everywhere. And so, for example, if we said, let's get um, like Ollie, Alex and, you know, Ryan and all those guys, if they put in, and in fact, they did do this at, um, at the Iron City Classic, if they put in a team at like the Iron City Classic, they'll they'll stand a chance of winning. And if, in fact, I think one of the years they did win, right? That's how good a players they are because they can play anywhere. Right? Yeah. It doesn't matter what's in front of them; they'll work out how to win. So, you know, that's that's why I think that's another thing that I think is good about what we're doing. Um, and uh, you know, traveling to the states and playing and the plans the team's got going forwards. Um, is because like I, I want it to kind of elevate like Brit- British paintball, like you know how everyone's playing. I want I want us to be beating the American teams. Um, yeah, want us to be in the mixture again. I actually sort of something really interesting I was listening to was um, uh, the coaches' podcast. Even though they start off really awkwardly, yep. but anyway, um, yep. they were they were really bigging up like European paintball this time around because obviously they said oh two World Cups they've got a lot better they've got exposed to it which obviously we, uh, we've talked about off this for a lot being exposed mm-hmm. to high level um, but they were like they really liked how what the Europeans brought like different mm-hmm. play style they say they play like really good gunfighters they try and like play heads up and obviously the Americans they're just all like super low risk and even in Expo obviously in 10 man they were super low risk but and Expo, they tried to they tried to do the the low risk plays like not move only move when they're up, and yeah, I thought it was quite interesting because yeah, I feel like cause I, I mean I I think it's a huge deal that the fifteens like because uh, I I've, I've been saying this whole thing about often the best thing in uh, in something is its worst thing and like in paintball I think it's competition I think competition is the bit that drives us all forwards so I was saying this to you guys earlier but it's the bit that drives paintball forwards and it did. In the in the early two thousands, it it was the thing that drove paintball out of the woods into limelight. Um, it, you know, it's fighting to for, to keep it to save its own life because people wanted to ban it. Um, you know, that was all competition. The tournaments outdoing each other with the amazing kind of spectacles they put on and the amazing venues that they would hold events in. Um, you know, like Huntington Beach is absolutely insane that they held events at Huntington Beach. And I'm yeah. like, it kills me that I didn't play that event. You know, I've said that to you guys a million times. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but but it but the competition in paintball is also something that kind of divides and, and damages the sport. And uh and overcoming that is like is is a 
uh, or not overcoming it, but knowing that that is a limitation or an effect and then working out how do you actually get around that so that you just use the best bits of the competition um, mm. to drive everything forward. Is well, that, that's the thing about like locking the leagues, opening the leagues. Yeah. Like they, other sports have the same problems. Like obviously yeah. American sports leagues are locked like the MLS. So the yeah. soccer, football, it's a lot yeah. league. So you get relegated. You can't get relegated in the season. And that's like yeah. the Premier League you could say so good because there's relegation promotion yeah. and it's like where, and, where to use that? Like where, where do you tie in the European teams? Yeah. Cause more competition and the, different looks is good. This yeah, is go the on. thing. So this is why it's so good that the, that it has become possible for the 15s and why everyone in the UK should be supporting them when they go out. If they make, it doesn't matter who it is, if it was attrition or 15s or sandbag, it doesn't matter. The Stoke, it doesn't matter. Right. It's as soon as it's a Brit team going, you, you get behind everyone them. has to get behind them because the, it, the competition then is like global, right? It's like it's us playing against them. It's like, I'll yeah. give you an example. The Russian Legion, they did an exhibition match against uh, when Expo was first invented. They did an ex, ex, exhibition match against a, a US team. And I tell you, the stadium was absolutely packed. It was at night. Everyone went absolutely crazy because... <laughs> Like Europe, it the, it was Russian Legion, right? But Europe, yeah. it's like they just wanted the Russian team to win. It was yeah. it was amazing. And at that time, the, this is another thing that changed, like how we look at paintball, is how the Russians played, because they tra- they were not a good team, and they transformed themselves through training. It was unbelievable the level that they were at. And and if I watched the that I don't know if this would be offensive to them, but if I watched them today. I don't think they play like they used to. But mm. I think they play like the Americans, right, which is reactive. Whereas back in the day, when when we, and it could be because of the format change, but they used to have, like, you're playing 20, 25-minute halves or whatever it is, and you see so you're playing lots and lots of points. They would just break out with absolutely insane organised breaks. Like, every break would be different. They would be structured so they would protect, protect players so that they could make breaks that you wouldn't normally do um and they were absolutely breathtaking so it's literally like they had a playbook so you, you know how um in american football they have um ways of setting up the field don't they yeah and when, i mean i don't know much about american football but that's more what it was like you know they used yeah. to be absolutely a whole nother level and then then separate to that was the whole skills their gun skills their snap shooting they're the ones that drove that way beyond any where it was with anyone else and everyone was catching up like the americans everyone yeah. apparently they, they got... drove that they looked because of how much they practice practicing the week yeah. and they're just like because yeah. obviously they didn't have access to good teams in russia so they just be there just like yeah. doing the fundamentals it's unbelievable like and they're they, like yeah, the professional yeah. structure as well yeah. i think yeah we're talking, we were talking to clip about this just... last week actually yeah so they, they kind of started film like in paintball like they'd actually have like their rando guy like in the stands with their shitty film camera yeah. in like the 2000s they used to like track the play they used to track their competition they would know where we would break out to when you're yeah. playing against russian legion they would know where you're breaking they would use their own break to kill you That's because crazy. they knew that like, they knew that that player had a tendency so they knew how to shoot that player out and they would have a break to, to kill that player. And then the, you would try and react to it, but then the next one, they're picking on someone else. Yeah. That's I mean, the they, they were super, super high level. They were like the first ones to really take it seriously, weren't they? They were the ones that turned it yeah. from being yeah. like they a recreational up, hobby to being a sport. 
Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because like at that point in time, Dynasty were absolutely breathtaking to watch, but they were um, they they were were like I mean, Reactive's not really right because they they took the initiative in in every game, but they were like fluid, right? So yeah, it was it was that classic kind of Rocky thing, you know, the difference in Rocky between the two fighters. That's kind of what it was like. Yeah. And but the thing was, paintball sort of in a weird way channeled that. So that's what made paintball so big, right? That's why everyone was in the stadiums watching and cheering at night, going absolutely insane for these matches. It's because paintball was like um, was it wasn't it wasn't like another sport. It wasn't trying to create itself into American football or whatever. It was its own thing. And I think at, at certain points in time, we've sort of bound paintball and slightly, and for probably for very good reasons, but we've hampered hampered it. Oh, don't speak about paintball's evolution. Some of the stuff that you were telling me, and like some of the others about some of the weird rules you used to have. So what's the, the chrono one? So you chrono when you go on, but you also chrono when you go off and you could lose points when you go off. Oh yeah, there's like loads, loads of insane stuff that I used to do. And the, the safe I mean, zones, like the, when the, what's called, if Marshall's checking, you'd call you safe. And oh yeah, so this, this is brilliant. So <laughs> yeah. this, one of the best inventions in paintball has been... Um, it's been to get rid of what was called neutral players. So it was the whole idea, because what used to happen is if you thought you were hit or if a ref thought you were hit, they would come over and they'd call you neutral. When you were neutral, you couldn't be attacked, right? So they they couldn't, the other team couldn't attack you. Well, of course, people that are into the dark arts would use it, right? Because, <laughs> because like, when you're trick. neutral, you can stand up, you can have a look around, you can, you know, use the marshal as a shield, you can stop people attacking you, you can delay Aww. the gap, you know, like a million things that you can do with that. And so one of the best rule changes probably in paintball has been the whole invent uh, advent of entirely getting rid of that and making it effectively the player's responsibility by saying, you know, if you've got paint on you, you're going to get a penalty. Um, that's, so, that is probably one of the biggest things because it was insane what you used so to So basically thought. players would just break out and just go, oh, yeah, Marshall, paint check. And then they, yeah, yeah, the Marshall so would come over playing. and be like, oh, no, you're, yeah. you're good. I don't know. Yeah, they didn't have to call you neutral, but you could get a, you could get a ref to call you call you neutral, you know. That's and then, mad. <laughs> and I think that's the funny thing about paintball is like, I mean, other sports, we like we're quite young. Like obviously things like football, American football, whatever, they've been around for, for ages, but like we're still developing the rules. And obviously That's like it, if yeah. you look at those games like 100 years ago or 50 years ago, they're very different. And obviously yeah. we're still going through these wacky rules. Like obviously there used to yeah. be penalty boxes, how yeah. penalties used to be called and stuff like that. We're just... Well, in, in X-Ball, that's so true. And they're still they're still developing it because they're still like... They, Tom's just... Tom um, has just tried in the States another format, right? Because yeah. of looking at television and stuff. And like you can, people can only applaud that. Like they, in it, or they didn't, but <laughs> because they, uh, they probably didn't, they didn't seem to really receive it very well. But you've got to applaud it because they're still searching, right? They're still searching. It's good they tried it. Was. Yeah, I know they said a lot of the pros didn't like it, but trying it that was like that is the one thing that I can say about Tom Cole is you cannot knock that man. He tries no, something. Unbelievable. He worked so hard for the game for so long. Yeah. I mean, I, I actually remember Platt because his team used to be, I'm pretty sure, was it Bad Company, I think? Yeah. His yeah. team. I remember playing against them in Portugal in like 2001 or something, you know, probably multiple times. Um, and yeah, a brilliant team. Yeah, he's um, a, he he is definitely 
you know, he takes a lot of a lot of heat from a lot of players, um, you know, who seem to think they know better and Mm. probably might may know something that he doesn't. But the guy tries things. He tries things for the better to try develop paintball for the better. That's it. And if it doesn't work, he sort of just says, Yeah, fine, it didn't work. hundred percent. And the, the thing is, if you think about it, like even like like promoters like Nicky, right, running his events, you get after an event, suddenly there'll be people complaining about something like, oh, we don't like I'm going to be. But, oh, we don't want the fastest game anymore. We can get rid of that rule. <laughs> yeah. OK, no problem. Well, what's the next rule? We'll use that one. You know, we'll play to that. <laughs> you set the rules up. We'll get on with it. But the, the point is that. um when they when they um when they're creating all the I'm losing my train of thought again sorry <laughs> but, but but when they um they uh I've lost my train of thought entirely let's cut that bit out <laughs> we we're, we're talking about um rule changes and stuff like that like developing the game yeah developing the game and leagues Oh, yeah, well, I was going to tell you about like um, things like the the dead box, the penalty boxes, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, the pe- honestly, they look really fun. They look hilarious. The, the, well, when when they were first inventing export, they had to create, they had to work out what to do about the penalties, and so they did this thing where you'd, if you got a penalty like a one for one or whatever, they'd stick one of your players in the dead in this box at the back of the field. So then, so some like you could you could play out a penalty depending on how long the point was, or if you'd just say you'd lost a point, then you'd start the next point with a player in the sin box. And if they if you're playing that point, say they had I can't remember exactly how it worked, but say they had thirty seconds or something left on the sin bin point on the sin bin, then you'd like start the point. The guy would be in there. The, as soon as the time of, the, of that point goes past thirty seconds, they could dive out. But so everyone would be when they get near to that time, they'd be watching the clock, Just stand there waiting, and there, then they would. Know. Everyone would. We'd be shouting, you know, drill the box, drill the box, and the box would be getting absolutely annihilated. Oh. And then and the person in the box would have to like get on the floor and dive out of the box into like the back center or whatever the nearest barricade is, and hope to God they don't get hit. Um, and if they I managed think- to get out of the box, they would be like alive and they could play. Um, it sounds so it, funny and like i see some great you know? pictures some like actually iconic pictures of like people diving out of the box and stuff yeah. like oh yeah. i mean i know it's probably a bit me. complicated to implement now because obviously like i don't know it's a bit dangerous you know you gotta like i don't know someone's got to dive out of the box and someone's running i don't know but like, yeah. i don't think anyone ever got hurt doing it but i suppose that was the advantage of the format at that point being longer yeah all that stuff came into play and it's the same with the uh, like me saying about the russian legion having the different breakouts and like ways of playing and and you'd have different squads that would like a defensive squad or a more attacking squad or a a squad that's going to attack in a certain way they would have all of that because the game was longer like the expo match was longer and you could do you could do those things um but but now where it's so much shorter and condensed, it's it would be way harder to implement all that stuff. I think. Um, so that's what I mean by because I like I often say that the paintball's been boiled down a bit. It's like condensed down because um, because I had time out of paintball. My reflection is like I remember my last, if you like, in a way, my last memory is big expo matches. 
So then when in between times I did play some other stuff, like I played Formula 5 and some different bits and pieces. But then when I then come back and I play X-Ball now, I'm like, man, this is so short. Like the format is so short comparatively um, to what I remember. Um, you, you sort of feel like you hardly get stuck into a match and then suddenly the match is over. And th- yeah. there's nothing wrong with it. It's just that, that that I haven't been part of some of that bit of evolution in the middle. But so you love those tactics. That, that's why I don't think you like it. You don't like you like to see the game unfold to all the different phases, you know. And yeah, if you oh, play yeah. a game that's six minutes long in Mercy 2, then you don't really get to see it, do you? <laughs> but, yeah. Just going back oh, well, like, to the... We... Um... Sorry. Sorry, just a memory that I had. Um, going back to the penalty boxes, um, I, before when I first started playing, a guy used to tell me that what they used to find was a lot of the guys that had penalties would stand right against the like the inflatable wall. So what yeah. he would do is when he goes to hand the flag, he would run into the wall and bounce hit all off. the players behind, <laughs> bounce them off. And you were sort of saying that nobody ever got injured, but I'm pretty sure he said like a few people got hurt yeah. when he was doing it. And he's a that's big just, boy, mind. <laughs> that's just reminded me. That's one of the ways I got noticed as a player was when um, we did when they first had the inflatable um, barricades, and they, they we had them set up somewhere. I can't remember what site it was, but the, it was a Tigers training thing, and I would, I would have been in the amateur team, and um, and like that's when if you're playing, if anyone's ever trying to get noticed and come for a team right it's a training where you want to try and get noticed anyway so this particular game my gun stopped working one of the things you notice lots of people that are inexperienced is if their guns aren't working they think they can't play paintball or they walk off that's totally wrong right the whole thing is comms kills people right it's being able to in fact people should drill and have and not use their gun Play points without using your gun, and that will force players to learn how to how to play and how to get your, your teammates to shoot people out, stuff like that. Um, but um, uh, oh god, what was I you saying? You were saying about how yeah, you got noticed. noticed. Oh yeah, so the way I got one of the ways I got noticed is we were, we were playing some games, and it was brand new, brand new format. Well, as in inflatable barricades were brand new. And uh, and so I carried on playing, even though my gun wasn't working. And I was like, I was drawing players and and getting them to look out at me and then getting my buddy to shoot them or whatever. Anyway, I got right up to the opposite side of one of our first team's players' barricades, right up to it. And I stepped back, booted it, so he bounced out the other side of it and he got shot. And of course, that like, caused a bit of a stir. So That's that, that was one. That was oh one. God. That was fun. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing in the rule. Is there anything in the rule book now that says? I think you can still do it, can't you? I mean, they (laughs) throw pots at bunkers and stuff. I don't know. I remember. I remember um, when the wall was. So you're not talking that long ago. I mean, when was the wall? 2017, end of the wall. Yeah. Big W in the middle. I know players used to run into that to hit players off the off the the back. Something new that people do now, which is similar, is like they'll chuck their empty because there are rules of how far you can throw pots, but they chuck your empty pots like near the thing and walk up, like near the like key bunkers. So like people think it there and like try and run through. And then they try and mug it, don't they? I've seen that, yeah. Ryan Greenspan got done dirty on that one. He did, I saw that. I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. That was a good one. He he hasn't forgotten that either. He still (laughs) still talks about it and still feels an idiot for doing it. It was quite it was a good move. I can't remember who did it to him though. Um, it was. I think it may have been Corey Hall. I can't remember. Well, but... I mean, it's like anyway. this is the thing, isn't it? But 
the best players will use every margin. You know, that's something when we're in Chicago, like hopefully everyone like because you as soon as you experience it, then it's because we can I can say stuff to people, but then when you actually experience it, it really you really take it on, don't you? I, I yeah. don't know yeah. like that, Henry. I mean, but, you see it as well. I always still talk about like the like the intensity of it, like the intensity yeah. of games. I literally remember like every single game like yeah. it was yesterday. You need like we need to happened. bottle that intensity and then when we go and play like you know, the rushes or so whatever, you'd like straight on that level of intensity. <laughs> well know? should we um should we talk about the new iteration of the Mayhem Tigers then? Like how yeah. you know how it come to be again, you know, what and up till present really. Yeah, so I think uh, let me see my notes here. I think goes <laughs> back to the notes. I think <laughs> the homework. Um, yeah, so 2019, I've got written down here. It was actually Ronnie, right? He really Ronnie Hollington, because I think I think the 2019 um, Paint Fest had Nicky's Grand Central Classic at it. Yes, and I think we entered that as Mayhem Tigers. I could be wrong. He might have or done militia. it. London Mayhem or something like that. Mayhem Militia, wasn't it? I, remember, I, remember I, don't, that. I don't know. I don't think so. We might, we might have just been, we were just wearing random stuff. But that really was 10 man, Nicky trying to create 10 man again. And like I was, I really wanted to play that because at the time they were, they showed um, videos of them building a Mansfield. I thought they were building like a full on legit Mansfield. As it ended up, it was just like half a one. Um, but we played that and that was that was a bit of a crazy, crazy event. Like I some of us still really felt like we should have won it. There was a bit of um a clash of styles, I think, between some of the guys on the team, which is we not won't really talk about that anymore. But that <laughs> that was like that was that was when that happened, the clash of styles between young and old. Um but the thing is that that then that really gave me the bug to because before that it had been uh, or, or around that sort of time Bozer had um, got me to play some UK Woodland Masters, but it was it was playing the ten man again because at the same time we're looking at like Iron City Classic and I'm just thinking to myself the doorway's back open again. So what, yeah. when I stopped in 2005, part of the reason was because I'd been on a year out from uni. And I had to decide, do I go back to finish my degree? Well, it wasn't, it was a diploma. I'd already done my degree. But to finish my course and get on with my life, or do I just like keep traveling around playing paintball? And I really wanted to travel around playing paintball, but they locked the leagues, right? So even though it was possible to play in America, because we were, I think we were one of only three teams that had pro spots in the States and in Europe at the time, because it had become so hard, right? So European Expo League was locked. So that was only whatever it was, eight teams. And other than that, we played that same season, we played the Mills. So we played some Millennium events. I think we finished top four, a top European team in Toulouse that year um, with Americans. And um, and it, it became, and then we were playing the MPPLs in the States. So we, we still qualified as pro just about, for in the states but can you imagine yeah. like teams playing all those events like a team playing all yeah, those that's, events that's that's a lot of like, events it was just insanely hard um uh, lose my train of thought again because i'm not oh my god alan 
you know, you, you, you know this is the title of of this of this show now. Losing it's Alan Smith. I'm losing my train of thought. Is <laughs> that oh. <laughs> how, how hard it was to continue? Basically, yeah. after you decided uni, uh, oh well, painful or life. Sadly, you chose life. But um, yeah, yeah, but that's it. So yeah, I chose life. But because um, I was trying to connect it to um, to like to the, how we restarted. So that was because sorry. It's because what stopped no, no, but no, what stopped me no. back in the day was because it became so hard to be able to play against the American teams again, right? And what is possible today is that they've reopened the doorway because of Iron City Classic, because of what Tim Montressa was doing. It was, and that is pure competition, right? Tim created something that was just competition. That that was he created something that people wanted to do, and that is the same thing that drove Paintball's growth back in the early two thousands. And he created something like that again, and people wanted to do it. And it was so successful that it was absolutely packed, wasn't it? I mean, he, it, the event was packed every time he um, he uh, opened it up to get people to sign up. It would sign it would be signed up in like days, um, and that's what it used to be like. And because it was an open, anyone could enter. Like the rush, like I'm gutted that we didn't ever get to play that event proper, if that makes sense. Mm. Um, because he sadly passed away. But like the rushers did, and that is that was like an amazing thing. And that's that's why then after um, Grand Central Classic over here, um, I was like really keen to to restart that. And 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 it all and obviously as well like coming back well, relaunching the Mayhem Tigers name um it connects really well again back with a site now this time and that connects into all the stuff I'm interested in to do with growing paintball because it, it gives us it gives us the possibility of d- doing something that's root to tip that means that you that by working with a site and a big team you can have something where you can show it is possible to travel and play against the best teams in the world. And it's also possible to to do that from the grassroots of that site. So the site can have a, a player that goes there and, and is a rental player, rec player, and they then um, start playing more regularly and that there's we can create the activities that allow them to find whatever part of paintball they want to play, whether that's um, you know just doing walk-ons or playing the fight clubs there a bit more kind of advanced or uh, getting involved with open sup air or getting into a team and and starting to play more competitively all the way up to traveling internationally that's route to tip and if we can make that possible and we grow a really big base at the bottom so you, you just start you know converting um uh, rental players so that you fill out the 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 base if you like yeah. some of those people will filter through and what you'll end up with is really good players you know, really good players that can beat the best in the world. But you have to have the opportunity to play against the best in the world. And that's when we were talking about the 15s. That's why that's so important that they that they have been able to do that, you know, that that this year and the year before they've been able to do that. And and if you think about it, this year, they the the way they qualified, people will have possibly grumbled about to go to the States, right? But when they yeah. played in the States, they demonstrated their capability. So to me, they should always be playing against that level of team. You know, yes, they're going to they're need to play in Europe, 
but like the doorway's got to be open to them. Um, you know, that, that, and that's the bit that is the most exciting bit and has always been the most exciting bit for me in paintball, really, at the top competitive bit of paintball is 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 the international competition. And so I've personally never really liked it as they've, when when things were locked away, that's what probably made me choose to go and sort out my day job, if you like, over paintball is because they locked it away and made it really hard to do. And I had been playing against, like, if you think about it, if every month or every couple of months you're playing against the best teams in the world and you're trying to beat them, and then suddenly you're not really allowed to do that. Yeah, I, I can I can see where that, especially if you've got that competitive streak in yeah. you, that can be kind of, yeah. And lo- lots of people will, I, I mean, if you looked back at how much, I've played paintball for a long time, but how much of it I've played at high, really high level is is probably quite small compared to lots of other people. I mean, lots of other people carried on playing and they, sure, like the following season, 2005, we had guys playing in the MPPL in the States. Um, and then like a whole load of other stuff happened off of the back of that. So it, it wasn't totally impossible, but the direction of travel was to create like conferences, um, you know, create a US conference and a, and a, and a European one. And and the only ex, uh, um, exception to that really was the, the Russian team, which is this like weird, um, slightly odd sort of scenario where you have effectively a Russian team playing in a US conference, right? Yeah, mm. but it's yeah, it's it's crazy. How how did um so after coming back with the Tigers and everything else, how how has that sort of journey been? Because when was that? That was twenty nineteen. You said uh, no. So twenty nineteen was the Grand Central Classic. So twenty twenty okay. actually it was COVID year. That was when and in if we think if I think about it, I was when I was looking at this COVID probably really helped us with everything actually happening and becoming possible because I had a lot of spare time on my hands <laughs> and um, and there actually wasn't that much paintball played because all the events Nikki was planning were cancelled apart from one and um, and so it gave us time to do things so like in the towards the back end of that I was doing stuff like uh, I was uh, talking to like Ronnie and people a lot about hyperball fields and there's loads of sharing of pictures. And then I did modeling. I, so I did a 3d model of a field um, and put it like mapped it onto mayhem. And like we would, I would send them content and we'd talk about like, does this field fit with this fit? How many tubes do you need? What size tubes? How much does that cost? All that kind of stuff. And, um, and, and like they were amazing and decided that they were actually going to build a hyperball field um, which I think is epic, and the the, the whole fun. thing, the whole thing about that field that they came up with, which is to do with Tom Hollington, is that he he was like, can we make all the bunkers so that we can move them, like so they're freestanding, and that was absolutely genius because that that allows them to reconfigure the field, which is that's pretty much unheard of mm. in like. The zipper field in Chicago is like the same zipper right? for <laughs> however many years, 20 or 30 years, whatever it is. Um, but at Mayhem, the, that field, they, they've changed that field like last year. Did they change it like four or five times or something? Something, um, something like that. Which, which is epic, really, I think. 
Um, no, it's good. It's cool to see because it's like having a modular. It's a modular build system, isn't it? Really, like yeah. where, where you can just move it around and create these quite these these cool um, field layouts where you know none of us get to practice it. You just yeah. turn up, um, and even if you do turn up, like the week before the event, and maybe play on that that layout by the by the Mayhem event, it's changed. Yeah, it's so exactly, nobody gets exactly. nobody gets the advantage and it, it is cool it comes down to and i think this is where like your special specialty and like a lot of the other old older school ballers come in where it's like you're able to break down the field and see how it plays plus i call it alan's notebook um i don't know if that's the actual correct name of it but it's it reminds me very much of like adrian newey's um notebook nobody's allowed to see it except the team yeah. um and you kind of map You're everything talking about out. the one covered in stickers right yeah, yeah. that's my, that's my yeah. favorite see that's yeah. legendary you see there's like what i really like about that book is that it's it's got a bit of like a mythology to it because back in the day like the team would have killed someone if they stole that book right so in in 2004 or whatever like that was <laughs> that was protected and the guys stickered it sticker bombed it right and and it the thing is that's hap happening again now like there's yeah. like this thing where the guys have started sticker bombing it with today stickers and then and it's like it's it it has a bit of a life to its own yeah. it's and, not the cooler uh, really what, like what, what's the cooler called again abby abby that's it exactly yeah. we've got loads of stickers for that yeah abby's gonna be the same so yeah, we, it, so we cute. were saying that uh, we were saying um, about I took us off on a tangent about the hyperball field, but that was the thing about yeah. rebuilding the team and COVID happening that there was there was time for these things to to, to develop. So the main field was like becoming a reality and thinking about the mound field that they had there and they could do some more work to it for the following season. And we had time to build a team because. Like I, the it's it, in thinking back, it was mental. Like I literally started doing some posts on Facebook saying, "Yep, Mayhem Tigers are back. Let's uh, everyone join." And we had everyone. a load of people that were like, "Yep, we um like I've played paintball, and I didn't know any of them really. It was insane, and but they're all great guys. But you know, it was it was um it was mental really to do it." But we but we had a little bit of time there, and that allowed us just to get going. And and looking back, the first first event we played, we won. Really? Yeah, it was what open. Was that? It was the it was at Warped, and it was the um, it was the open day, okay. um, the open event, and we won that event. And then we came. What did we come? We came. Um, I think we came. Was that twenty twenty one? Yeah, twenty. Yeah, 2020. Yeah, we won the Open Division. Yeah, and I thought that's like that's a pretty good start, isn't it? <laughs> well, it's, it? It's the best start, really. It's what you want, isn't it? You know, um, you aim high and you you get the result. Where where do you go after that? Well, you try to keep the momentum into the next exactly exactly event. Um, and also like it's it's nice just placing because you know where to build on. But I also think that. Just because you win doesn't mean that you're perfect. You still have no, loads. No, like of we played, 
we played the pro so that was the open division on the saturday the sunday we played the pro division i think right, right okay like fourth or fifth or something you know so we, we got the reality check but i remember being <laughs> so focused like we had um butters and sam and people like that playing and um i remember being so focused on like just almost like desperate to win right it's like yeah Oh, oh, so like today when we're playing, there's a bit more sort of cool, calm, calculatedness to like the focus within the team. It's it's a different thing. But at the time, like me personally, I was desperate for us to, to win that day, you know, because it it's that it's putting that stake in the ground, isn't it? And it's saying yeah. it's not because I could have started a team and it could have been really rubbish, couldn't it? But we started a team and like put a stake in the ground and and said well, we can yeah. win right we yeah. can win it was an open division but we can win and then you start to build f- from there um yeah and so yeah so i think in a way covid helped us and it and it in and it it also did the whole thing about that like the um the grow paintball side of things that was all that all came out of covid in in respect of that at the time, because people weren't able to play, they were desperate to play. Yeah. And so there was this whole thing in the, I remember in the UK paintball chat groups, there was, um, you know, oh, how can we, how can we grow paintball? And then people were making loads of comments. And that's how I got involved is because I started to collect all those comments and collate them into like types, if you like, and to boil it down into ideas. And really all the stuff that I've been doing since in a way is taking that sort of framework of ideas, if you like, and thinking about it as a strategy and actually trying to implement it. And and I can't make stuff happen, but I can suggest, like, could we do this? Can we do that? You know, some things I can control, but um, but other things, it's down to, like, people seeing um, or having their own ideas about what to do. So, like, the, the stuff that they're doing at Mayhem, I think is just brilliant because – it's creating that framework, like I'm saying, of route to tip things, which I think is just so it could be so brilliant for the game. Because like a site like Mayhem and maybe like Warped, Warped already have like other people that were leaded on um, members, club, players clubs. Yeah. But those sites and, and Skirmish, like Skirmish really is leading on the sort of regional um, tournament hub, right? So you've got CPPS, but... But CPPS, I can't see CPPS being okay unless it has regional hubs to to create teams. Like, a, a, do you see what I mean? Well, that, um, that's the thing with skirmish is they their intro division has been so popular yeah. with the newer player base because maybe the newer player base is a little bit intimidated by CPPS, yeah. whereas skirmish has given them that place to grow the skills yeah. that are maybe necessary to go and compete at CPPS. Yeah. yeah. And, and and really like mayhem is mayhem such an amazing place because it it could and can do everything paintball wise really yeah. pretty much and so it can um it can can help do these things like create um these different activities if you like for for different levels of paintballers um and and these big sites can become like they used to be back in the day the sites were the factories that created yeah. the players. And that is all over the intervening period of when I was playing or not playing so much. That is, that's where I think the contractions happened. 
that there's that the the sites were because if you're a site, there's no advantage to you to create a player that then goes away, goes off, yeah. yeah. But there is an advantage to creating a player that plays at your site regularly, right? That is that is, and if we create lots of people that play regularly, then um, you've got like much better situation for the whole whole industry. I would I would think, um, but and then a percentage of those people become like move up the ladder then everything is much more healthy. Then you've got like loads of people that are at your, um, you know, walk-ons or, you know, your big games or your, um, you know, um, scenario days or whatever. Um, and everything's like much more healthy then. So so in some yeah. way or another, I think we've got to have, we've got to encourage more sites and and the, the sites that are already doing it to um, to be, be creating like factories for 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 the player base and we've got to understand what how how people can or how teams can help them or players can help them to do that that makes sense you know financially viable and things like that yeah um, well just a quick shout out to Ronnie the last walk on that they had was like over 100 players yeah they're, think, they're something, something like that their Christmas walk on was huge um so that that obviously was really good to see in terms of a walk-on because nine times out of 10, there's probably about 20 players that walk on. You know? This is the thing that, that they, they, they really put it out there because like Ronnie's um, they're creating all these dates for, for open sup air, for um, a fight club, for a regular walk-on for Magfed walk-on, um, you know, then they've got their, the, the Mayhem Festival that they're going to hold this year. You know, they're they're putting all those dates out there. They're promoting them. They're trying to, they really are working at growing the game. And and like the industry to me must need that. Like we need to, when you look at the number of events that tournament organisers are trying to run or, um, you know, or, or just the number of teams that there are, like in the Southeast, there used to be so many teams and um, and I would guess if you if they counted up, I don't know this stuff, but if you counted up how many teams from the southeast there are at CPPS, like you got surely we're concerned that about the number of teams. Yeah, you know, like we, you know, is there are there far more teams at CPPS that are regional to that to the to the CPPS? Um, you know, if that's the case, then we need more regional stuff in other parts of the country to act like, um, you know, spaces that build these or create these players, um, not just to play tournaments, but to play any level. That's what I mean. You know, that's why you need like a big base of the pyramid so that it all all works at each level. Yeah, definitely. And hopefully we might do one day. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully. Let's, um, Let's talk, obviously, Mem Tiger's, were the ECPL champions of 2023. Um, yep. We had quite a consistent um, season. Yeah, we, until we, the we, end. <laughs> no, but yeah, like but I mean, you say that, Henry, but I, I was looking at this. We lost at the at the last round of, of ECPL, ICPL this year, the main one, we lost one game. Yeah. I know. It would have been nice to win, though. That's the thing. If we, had, if we had won that game or an equivalent of that, so we had some draws... But we like every other team lost more games than us that weekend. 
but we only lost one game. So like there's you know the margin was was small. So good, yeah. Yeah, it was crazy. So small, yeah. You know? And it was the difference between first and fourth at that event. So, and also something else about the fastest game, like, you know, we didn't invent the rule about the fastest game, but that game was incredibly, like, incredibly quick. And that that isn't that like... That was insanely quick. No, there's no disrespect to the team we we're playing against. They had qualified to play in that division and yep. they were playing well. And things went in our favour in that game because I've watched it back uh, how it unfolded, but the team was alert to what the potential, right, and what it could mean to us to win those points. And that game was incredibly quick. I think it, I think I'm right in saying that that is by quite a long way the fastest game at all. Like if you look, because I was looking back at the score um, sheets. Um, and we we'd had a faster fastest game on a sub airfield at the beginning of the season, but it was at three minutes. This was like half that time, and I think even that con- the contentious one that happened at Holmbush was over two minutes. You know, yeah, that game Crazy. like if people, I, I don't mind if people give it credit or not in, really, but if I was looking at it, I would know the value of that game. Yeah. It was it was insanely quick. I, I remember just like because I remember getting to the snake fifty because I heard um what was it? Jim was the guy that was watching over me and Jim was go- just screaming at me, Gucci, Luke, you're Gucci, which was the call for me to go <laughs> through that gap. So I went through that gap and I just pop up and there's like two guys in the snake in front of me. I snap one and then there's another one inside the what what we were calling it, Cobra, weren't we? The Cobra, inside. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, inside snake. And and then I just see Matt running past me. I'm like I know he's got the flag. I had yeah, I had chaos. an injured leg, right? And I I got I pulled the flag <laughs> <laughs> because Joe was screaming. He was like, "There's still a guy in the Cobra, like no. trying not to get oh, man, Matt." Shot. Run, I think Matt ran past ran past the guy. Yeah, and the thing, he did. Like when we're talking about this, it's not disrespectful at all. I mean, we're not thinking about it in a disrespectful way to, to that team, right? Because what what we're the thing that our team was alert to trying to score those points and it just it was like a perfect game because we got an advantage on one side of the field and we were able to wrap the field and capitalize on it but like you're saying you you the team was playing well enough at that point that the 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 calls like there was a call for you to be able to pass that gap that that happened that was teamwork right it, yeah it, it was a to win a game that quick is a good demonstration of teamwork. So I would always like impress on our own team within our own team that that yeah. that was a, a really good game and um, yeah. you know, something that we would want to build on. Not not necessarily playing quickly, but the teamwork required to play like yeah. that and the reaction as well, like the reaction to just be able yeah. to go. Yeah. Than I mean, like to read a ten-man field that quickly to know that that's how you can close that to close that game. That's what you have to do within like that space of time that it's just a good signal to me yeah like as someone trying to manage and run the team looking for the development of the team like i take a lot of positives out of that out of that game um yeah even well, though like you know they're, they're getting rid of them well, that's fine I, um, i've got no problem them getting play, a different, 
play a different way. <laughs> As it was, it was a disadvantage to us because that we had less opportunities to score those points. Because I mean, for obvious reasons, we weren't allowed to play and play. We weren't allowed to claim points like that against our own teams. So um, yeah, like where we have it, where we had like, I mean, that's something else that the teams worked really hard on is is putting teams in to support events. Like we've had three teams in that that series. Uh, sorry, that event um, for two years in a row. And that is, it's a huge amount of work to get um, that number of players com- to commit to to putting out three 10-man squads. Well, a minimum, that's 30 people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it, a lot of people. It's a huge, and it's also a big, really big sort of financial commitment. I mean, yeah. I don't know if you really go into that, but it, hmm. it you know... If if someone if anyone's run a ten man team and you like you think it's a significant cost risk, three squads is like. <laughs> well, it, it, I can imagine there's a quite a high level of stress. Um, just looking at Craig, yeah. he was handsome at one point. Now he has no hair, and now he has no hair, and he looks stressed all the time. Um, and that's not because he's just had a baby or anything like that. that that's purely <laughs> just trying to run the the ten man team. Um. Well, that's uh, that's something else that I should say is that um, that in in trying to like I I I probably say something that I'm quite good at is having ideas about things, but it I it you need all sorts of people in a team with all sorts of skills, and um, there's like something we've been so lucky with is the people that have come into the team, their attitude like the team attitude across like I'm talking about the whole team is genuinely absolutely exceptional and um and often there are people that are, are, con- are willing to contribute it's not like i don't create this i haven't created this on my own the team's created this um f- through people having like a shared idea of what we're what we're maybe trying to do um and that's that's like the companies that have helped us like um like planet i mean they've been absolutely amazing in in helping us to onboard people like effectively at a low cost because they've created an absolutely exceptional marker that is like in the emec um that means that there's like very little bar to entry so if you think about it when i was setting the team up i'm i'm not only asking to get people to come and play for man tigers but they they've got to get a gun that's suitable to play right yeah well we were able to get emecs which is low cost, so low bar to entry. Do you, do you see what I mean? Yeah. So I mean, if we hadn't had those kind of companies being there, creating those products and 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 making it possible for us to grow the team as we have done, it, it wouldn't it wouldn't have been possible. Do you see what I mean? Like if um if if it had cost like if the if you'd needed to have like a super high end um, marker then. Would people have got have said, "Oh, I'll you know I'll get a second marker to play this other format"? I don't know that if they would have done. Do you see what I mean? So yeah. it's it's all these things have worked together um, um, within the industry and and paintball generally um, to make something that I think is like is really good and potentially could become even better um, for the industry as a whole. So I think it's really cool. Yes, yeah, it's, it's definitely been good. Um... The Emacs are amazing. I will always stand by my Emac. I don't care what gun comes out. It could be the CS3 mech frame or anything like that. My Emac is just, I love my Emac. 
Yeah, they were, the quality uh, of the uh, price uh, is yeah. crazy. The, well, the, the price wasn't led saying to you guys the other week that it's um that they invented it because they wanted to try and make it so that the experience that rental players have is better. Yeah, I mean that it's, is it was like, designed yeah. for rental players, not like the but... best gun ever invented. Yeah, like... it's designed for the rental market, yet everyone loves it. Yeah, which is kind and of it's like people that play all the time can use it and be like, yeah, this is yeah. this is great. Well, yeah. well, yesterday we were using it for snap drills and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. You know when we've um, like we played the Christmas walk on and everything. I think all our guys are just shooting mech. I like, I shoot it, mech at walk ons. Yeah, cost efficient, um, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the numbers do not lie. <laughs> well, not only that, it's just like I just love the way. And there's sort of like you know when you pull the trigger once and you get that one clean shot. There's that satisfying feeling of like yeah. I actually earned that shot. Like yeah. I lined it up perfectly. I blasted Henry in the head, and I've yeah, earned cap. that shot. <laughs> The finger power, you know. <laughs> um, but you know, don't get me wrong. Shooting electro is fun, and it is. It is, it, it is fun. But that satisfying feeling of what one ball, mm. and it's like. I mean, oh. I think I think if I was, because when I set the team up, I remember going to Ronnie's, and I suppose that's where this that video I did on on the emac came from, is because I went to Ronnie's and I was. Um, I was looking like what guns are possible, like at, at what price point, and because that was like it was on my mind that I might we might not be able to get onboard people into the team, and um, and I remember taking it off the shelf and switching the barrel and putting a force feed loader on it, and just going this is crazy, you know, because it's like the cores the, because the cores so good, that's, yeah. That's, yeah. It's you just get fun. so close to the high end and it's just yeah. Yeah, it's just fun, easy. It's wicked. Talking yeah. about videos, a video yeah. just dropped um on yeah. Friday. Was it Friday it came out? Thursday. Thursday it came out. Um Dedication. Obviously, that is a film not just about Mayhem Tigers, it's about the player base and the sort of journey in paintball as well. But obviously, tigers are featured, so naturally yeah. we are going to talk about it. And yeah. obviously, you play quite a a big role in that. Really, you and Craig, uh, uh, you know, there was an interview with Henry as well, which was cool. Um, but like you Not and Craig, cool, kind of, <laughs> you're just saying that. Yeah. Uh, uh, look, I've already upset him tonight, so it was <laughs> cool, Henry. I let you have that. I was very jealous that it wasn't me. But to be honest, I'd probably just say stupid stuff. So. <laughs> Yeah, um, <laughs> so what obviously you you didn't know enough about it or you didn't know well, the I, video I, was going. yeah so the first thing i'd say is that um that like it's nikki and joe um upton's vision like they've they've created something that i think is absolutely amazing and i, I think it's amazing because although I'm, obviously, I'm going to say that because it's basically about the team and it largely um, features my viewpoint on things. But um, the the point about it is that it's really a painful story about all of us. And I mean that about the whole community, like everyone that's passionate and dedicated about playing painful, that, that is what that's about. 
And um, and I was saying to you guys earlier, it's absolutely to me, it's absolutely amazing. Some of the people that have or companies that have shared that video, and one of them is Die. I think it's absolutely breathtaking that Die has as and they even wrote in their share about it that um, that sometimes it's not about kind of affiliations and products and everything. It's about paintball and growing the sport, and and that's why I think that is it is an amazing uh, piece of. Uh, videography is because it's telling that it's telling a story that is that is at some level an important story because it's a reflection on the game um but but you were saying about like how much of it about it i i did i know well like i didn't see any advanced edit of that at all and um and although um nikki had said to me oh can you do some interviews and and he had definitely said to me that they wanted to do like a a some a video edit that's that's got a bit of a player perspective if you see what i mean um i really had no idea what the video was going to be like so i was i was uh, completely like i keep writing it whenever i do posts about it but i was totally blown away by that video because i watched it live on the premiere with every like with everyone else and um, you know i couldn't believe it i just thought it was amazing it was it was very good um and sort of following that as well um joe on the mayhem tigers joe phillips he yeah. did a little one um we can sort of segue into this because you guys actually went out to play chicago the fomo was real for me i hated every minute of like you guys being out there it was it was absolutely amazing it was amazing that's, 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 we told you totally all the time you told i know me, that's how that's how i convinced jim i think we mentioned this before i convinced jim because Alan was like, oh, I should have gone. gone. Yeah, and I was like, Jim, you do not want to be that guy. And he was like, fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, did, I didn't want to be that guy. It was just holiday. That's your fault. Like... That's on you. That's <laughs> on you. Quit Look your at this. Job. I These attack things... him one time. No. And, now he's... and then he no. gets Yeah. Well, you should it's... have been there. So <laughs> maybe, maybe you'll get the invite next time. But uh, anyway. Maybe, hopefully. Um, but yeah, I... Let's talk about Chicago because obviously that was the first time. Or, not, or Joe's yeah. edit. What do you, like... Both. Well, let's let's talk about both because well, Joe's edit was amazing. Like I said earlier, I found yeah. myself rewatching the dedication video and then jumping straight over to Joe's edit yeah. to watch because it was like you get stuck in that hole of like oh, next in the rabbit that. hole, just next yeah. in the chain, well, keep um, the brain so, happy. For anyone that's listening, so but we're talking about our um, the video edit that Joe uh, Phillips did of our um, trip to Chicago, and the the thing that we that Joe was trying to do with that edit is try to look at sort of paintball lifestyle. So something that hooked me um, further sort of down the line was the international traveling. So about pro paintball was international traveling and playing against the best teams in the world. That was the hook at that point, and. Um, and and so the the point about that video is to try and create that like to to show that to people to to show the the lifestyle the travel the um the experience of it and so like i would definitely recommend it's a really short edit i wish we uh, had time to really like make that into a much bigger piece but um it is i think it's a brilliant edit and it, it really kind of conveys the excitement because every time I watch it, I just want to go straight back out to Chicago oh, yeah. to play against America. But it shows shows aspects of like the whole trip. Yeah, like, obviously, like it. it's always like really noisy about traveling. It's always really basic. Usually, like it's just loads on the plane. Like someone's just filming loads of the plane, like going out there because they're really excited to do it. But that video kind of like obviously you do the plane bit, 
but it was like most about like obviously we were out there food what we did smoky joe's like the actual event this was awesome yeah it was brilliant oh that video just i feel like it captured everything and even though it's short i think alan you wanted to be longer it was nice like someone could it's just brilliant. watch quickly and be like oh that's what they got up to you know that was a trip someone else we've content. got a shout out yeah. sorry someone else we've got a shout out about um chicago is billy from the rushes yeah, yeah. absolutely epic is just a legendary guy so like i would just give billy a shout out because he's um he made the trip with us and he's obviously he's played in the states a lot um especially sort of 10 man in more recent years and he was he was just like a brilliant guy to have on the team i thought is uh, you know he's a he's a good guy yeah he, he he was amazing and he cut he cut up like he saved us so much learning like when we were out there like it really helped yeah. and like how like they operate in the US, like stuff like the coin flips of the games, which we don't have. Um like, deck. Yeah. It was just that was really interesting. Well, not interesting, it's just really helpful for us. And he just yeah. let us in on all of that. And that was that was great. And obviously he played really well. So yeah. And what, what was it like playing out there? But the biggest word that I think we take from it is intensity, right? Is that the 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 teams are so good like in the pro division the teams are so good because the those the guys are either legends that have been playing for years and years and years pretty much generally speaking or they're exceptionally high play, quality players in current divisions right so <laughs> pro semi pro whatever and it's not completely true across the book but generally speaking it is an exceptionally high level of paintball IQ um, and it makes a big difference in 10 man like paintball like you and so when we were out there like something i like we didn't win a game but it was the best event right because it was like the best way to learn is by playing against this caliber of team and yeah. like something that i might what i focus going forward is is trying to make sure that the team can can do this more regularly um and the uh, yeah, and so the intensity in the games was absolutely insane, and also the the margins were incredibly tight. So in more than half of our games, we were ahead. So we would have a, we would have had a better break. We'd have been up on bodies, and the the different the differentiator between us and them was the secondary phases, like the development of the game, and that is about experience, experience as a team. Um, and and knowledge and um, as a team, and I think that to me it, it was a it was a good indicator because I think we can the first part of the fa- first phase of the game shows that we can compete, and then the second phase of the game you can learn by doing it more, and it reminds me it like echoes back to what happened in those early two thousand period when um, when the Mayan Tigers was again on a rebuild and us youngsters were coming into the team because some of the older guys had left. And we just, the the guys that, the older guys that were there still were like, well, we're going to keep traveling. And we went to, you know, the Mardi Gras and the, the, the um, European events and so on. Um, and you, you just, we got stuck in and we saw where our deficiencies were or where we weren't as good. And we learned, and that's, that's the kind of what I want our team to to be doing, is taking that next those next steps and building on those phases. But it, it was, I mean, I had a, I had a great time, and like mostly, if people lost all their games, they would be like, "This was devastating." 
Yeah. Like for me, I thought it's, I mean, I'd like to have won more games, but like Cap, we were like, I can't remember, we were like seven, seven, three up against Cap. Oh, it was so ridiculous. Got, off the break. Out. Yeah, we got a heart yeah. ripped out by like a couple of penalties. Dave Baines. And, and then Dave Baines. Dave Baines. And then Dave Baines. I mean, like Dave Don't Baines even... move was, was, was damn, was good. But Dave's a good yeah. player. Yeah. It's annoying because I've got, I've got, I've, I look I like watch this video back obviously on my camera loads. Yeah. And like we're in this end phase when it's like four on three, what three on four, whatever, or like three on five. And then like I'm holding this gap for ages, like protecting Joe and Ollie because I was like on my on my island. And honestly, I'm getting put more and more and more in. I tuck him back like a tiny bit more than I did the whole time. And he just appears. He's just yeah. there. But the, he's the like thing literally is, two steps away from Ollie. If oh. you like if you were breaking down just that section of the game, right? We were we were seven on three up and in that exact moment, we lost the heart of the team on a pair of penalties, right? Mm. And so um, suddenly we were three on three. And the, this is where the knowledge and experience happens because they were mobile and they had height and width. One of the guys was in the snake though, right? Yeah. The other two got going, right? Whereas in our positions, we were defensive and we, we did it a couple of times. Part of that is because I keep going on about like defensive crosses. But the thing is, we had two guys in a cross and one on a, and the, the, our forward guy was low down on a barricade that he couldn't really move out of and he couldn't really see much of what was going on. So what they actually ended up doing was being the team that was mobile and aggressive, got position and they deserved the win out of that situation, right? Even though with the way we were crossed, if you did hit him or you could have hit him, Dave might have gone, we might have turned the game round. Like, there was nothing wrong with that position. But they took the initiative, if you see what I mean, in that situation. So they sort of got control of the game and then ended up winning it. Um, but like you said, that's that's experience of... That's it, Years yeah. of experience and just knowing. And then like you said, Dave Baines is a big... Big IQ player, um, yep. coach in in paintball. So you know he's obviously he coaches arguably some, one of the best teams in the, in in the world in paintball within yep. Impact. So he of course he's going to know when to make those sort of moves. So you know if he's drilling it but, into his players, then he's going to know when to make those moves. Oh yeah, hundred percent. But the the thing is that my my point about it is that because we were able to go and play against them. You experience you what happened and like then you can learn from it. So like we're yeah. now talking about it live on, you know, on air, sort of breaking down a game, talking about yeah. Yeah. what what were the things that happened in that game that was the difference between us winning and losing it. And there were there yeah. were all sorts of things that happened before that, like the pens. Like if we hadn't had those two penalties, the percentage probability of us closing that out, even against that caliber of player. I mean, it was it was Dave Baines um, and Ryan Brand was in the snake, and uh, the, remember, the dynasty guy. Yeah, I can't remember the middle. Yarba. Well, then there, there yeah. you go. So that's, <laughs> like, so you've got those three, so they're pretty, pretty good players. Incredible minds there. You've got two coaches who are arguably some of the best coaches in the world, and yeah. you've got Blake Yarba, that is just an absolute alpha male. Yeah, and there'd be, be shot Harrison off the field as well. Yeah, so it's a, you know it, it was still like an honor just playing that team, like just lining so, up. I think like that was probably my favorite payable moment was 
I literally, I remember it's like yesterday off the break, people making their spots off the break and fucking being like, yeah, we were like kilo three, like kill three. We were like, oh my God, like this is happening. Was but, yeah. sort of follow on from that, like going back to when I was, because I had a lot of time on my hands today, all right? So I was sat around not doing an awful lot. Work don't know about that, but I was, all right? So I was actually watching some of your footage, Henry, from your 3D camp from Chicago. Mm-hmm. And there's like that one video where you go out to the corner and you literally go, you get up, you check yourself, you go, right, what we got? And Alan literally just goes. That's, that was the cap game. That was the cap was game. Was that the cap game? Yeah, that was right, the cap so, game. So like just watching that, there's no x-ray call. It's just kilo, mm. you know, so it's a kilo one. And you're thinking, Jesus, fair play. Like I've still, I've still got the whole anyone. video. I can, I can relive it after this. It would probably be quite <laughs> Honestly, sad. But Henry, that, that cap game kills me because I was talking to you about us taking that taking the snake right because we'd lost mm-hmm. matt i think and um but yeah. we we were well bodies up and we knew exactly we knew what was happening and matt and henry and i were talking about what to do to move mm. to close the game and so, four of yeah. us came out in penalties i know <laughs> so, so i remember like that corner was just things. like an absolute absolute death trap like when we were watching it yeah. scouting it before like people weren't making it or like they get in like so we played at the other side first that's our second mm-hmm. time on that game mm-hmm. and like it was just getting rinsed it was terrifying and i was like how the fuck do i get out of here um but yeah and it was such a the best thing was so this sounds really weird but so intimate because it's such a small field like well, remember yeah. we saw it we're like that's basically a five-man field yeah, and also, then you, it was a you, bit, bit smaller than we thought it was going to be. Actually, but it, that's what made it so so intense. Like it was just so dense. It was small, but, like conventional length. It was. But also, if we were just like going to say to people about what Chicago was like, I mean, they they had um, a classic woodland field that was um, immense, um, like with an undula- undulating terrain. It had like a bowl on the back side of it, and then yeah. Uh, kind of woodland tape on on the near side and then it had they had two hyperball fields so there's the really famous zipper field that they'd changed some of the out, outfield bits um just to give us a chance <laughs> and, then, <laughs> um, and then uh and then they had a, another hyperball field with a snake and a diamond in the middle mm. um and then they they also had so those two hyperball fields were a bit smaller than we thought kind of imagined they were and then um, the other field they had was an absolutely giant. Was it like? Yeah, was it, it was like, like double regulation size or something. Absolutely huge. And, it and was there was basically, yeah, sub air. One basically one set of bunkers with like the yeah. big pyramid and two cakes. Yeah. Oh, this is like big the, pills. Whatever was it called the them. JT that was it. pyramid? Yeah, it's like yeah, a giant, yeah. what would have been like a giant, like back in the day, we'd have called that a JT pyramid. And then the, yeah. the pills were like from a raven field or something. So as soon as I saw these pictures, I was like, man, they're like straight off of a raven field <laughs> from like 2000 and something. And that's the JT pyramid. And that was yeah. mental. It was yeah, do you know what? It, that field. The one thing that the only criticism from that event. I have to say it, it goes to go sports is they only film the woodlands. Yeah. I think there was, I think there was, it was probably like a deliberate thing. I presume yeah. that people have been saying like, can the woodlands be, can it be filmed? I've, I've, I think or, it's know, so yeah. I presume yeah. looking at testing that or trying it or I don't, yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, and that was another thing. Cause 
I'm not very like I don't get like starstruck or I'm not particularly big on like wanting people's autographs or getting starstruck or whatever. But um, uh, Matty Marshall was there doing it, doing the commentating bit, obviously. And Billy introduced me and we've got like a picture together. That's like the only time I've ever had a picture with someone that I would consider. Is he's like he, he's a, the a voice of paintball. He, yeah. that's the thing, right? he is the voice of paintball. And um, and it was just really cool. Like and he, like he was talking to Billy. Billy did a, a, a stint on the on the yeah, live stream. And um, it was really cool. Like I've I've tape recorded or oh, well videoed it, tape recorded. Tape recorded. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I videoed that um, so that oh, you know. Just, snap, snap, about the team. Snapchat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but that it, it was so it was so cool because and and to listen to him because I think he kind of got like we we told him that we hadn't won games and um but he he was sort of saying it's like the best training you can have because yep. i was talking to him about that that you know you've got to play but he knows obviously but you've got to play better teams to um to be a better team you know yeah so definitely. yeah i definitely 100% recommend traveling to play and like we went and played pro if 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 I have the choice. I would do that every single time until the teams beat in American teams, and um, but other teams that might not be appropriate. You know, they might want to go and um, like maybe like a team like Corruption. I saw that they absolutely love Joe's edit, and yeah. like maybe maybe they can travel out to the states and play whatever division they feel is appropriate for them to to play and they will have an absolutely epic time and they will remember it you know for the rest of their lives it's you know you you're building sort of memories and um you know 100% recommend it to any any Brit- british teams to be traveling and playing and and that goes like the guys that are traveling into europe and like attrition and and 15s and firm and they they you know and, and and I know that there are other teams like henry I, you guys played Henry played over there. Didn't yeah, I played, played in France. I don't know how but, well you played. Oh, I played all right. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, but yeah, it's just like the adventure. The adventure is just... It is. It, yeah. uh, it's amazing. I just only want to do more of it. I think mm. after getting a taste yeah. of it. Um, and that's nice. the thing, right? If I can say to anyone, that is the thing. One of the things that paintball can sell, right? Because that is the bit that makes us, that hooks us. You know, like back in the day, the the, the like Nexus and Tigers yeah. and Shock for that period, right? The period I'm talking about, like there were, other people have had different experiences, but for that period, we were fighting each other tooth and nail at home. Like we hated each other at home, more or less. And um, and then and when we were traveling, we probably hated each other as well. But, but when <laughs> yeah. we were traveling, you know, we were just all just trying to be the best yeah, team against like, the other. Yeah, yeah, and you just you know, and that's something actually. Like an, another shout out to like a team like the Russians because I think they're like they're amazing ambassadors, and we get on as a as teams that are in d- direct competition on fields, right? For whatever event, if we're at an event and the Russians are in an event, we're in competition with each other, yeah. and um, but like the teams get on so well, and if we train together. Like the training, I don't want to jinx us, but the training is like all pretty good and there's, you know, no issues and stuff. So I'd shout out to, to those guys because for if you're thinking about big picture, like if if something that 
GB Pangle wants to do is beat international teams and big, big teams, then obviously you've got 15s, like you've got the route that 15s are doing. Yeah. But like, maybe it sounds crazy, but that's, I kind of hope that we're providing another route to that kind of, to exposure where you're playing against high level teams and and hopefully we can build on it and like us, the Russians, like whoever it is, um, Traveling and playing playing these events can can take big scalps. You know that would be that would be really good. It's only going to get better with training and and just dedication. Dedication. Yeah. <laughs> like that. My wife says it's obsession. That's what my wife says. <laughs> there is nothing yeah. wrong with obsession. Okay. Um, obviously, <laughs> obsession not... borderline addiction. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. I guess yeah. that's what people is. I think yeah. I always say on here, I always feel like I'm getting deeper and deeper in this hole. And every year I just get deeper. I uh, don't know when it's going to end, but here we might go. Might not, mate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah might not. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, well, to be honest, I think we hit quite a lot of topics there. We have, for all the bits um, where I lost my train of thought. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> I have one last question, but Henry, is there anything from yourself before? No, I think we're all good. Um, Alan, is there any questions you want to ask? Well, I had this whole like plan of like all this stuff I was going to talk about, see, and then we just sort of randomly jumped. To, I mean, hope, hopefully, it's made sense. Like it's it's had some kind of coherence. That is the whole point of the podcast: is to digress <laughs> off of everything, no matter what anyone plans it gets thrown out the window. Whenever mm. someone comes on, they go, I've got a list. I'm like, that ain't getting done. Right, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you wasted, you wasted half an hour doing that, mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anything from yourself, any questions? No, I don't think so. I mean, I'm just, I'm, I'm grateful that, um, that for me coming back into playing paintball more seriously, that it's been possible to do what we've done so far because it's just been such a, a kind of brilliant journey and um and like i hope that you know that the, the film dedication like i hope people can see the, the how it applies to all paintball and that they um you know i hope it, it i hope people f- kind of get the bug from from it or that they're well, from what they, have, they do in paintball that they get the bug and that we um we can kind of grow the game and be successful yeah. and yeah and so yes, yeah, so I'm grateful to the companies and the the people that have helped us do all of that. Love it, love it. Right, my last question is from Mr. Ainsley: Is what does paintball mean to you? Oh man, that's a good <laughs> question. Well, I mean, like some people might say everything, mightn't they? But um, the the thing is, it's it's one of the only things that I've, well, sports wise, it's the only thing that I've actually ever been good at. Like I naturally have a sense of how to play, and it is an absolute addiction. Like Henry just said that, but at that level, it is insane. And um, and and I honestly think you know, like the like it's a divergent path of what happened to me back in like two thousand four, two thousand and five. Like I I had to choose what to do. Well, yeah. I mean, hopefully, like the stuff that we're doing now, it would be so amazing if we can make the team like into a sustainable thing, so that people, it's more sustainable for more people, so that they can, you know, like Henry's seen like how deep the hole is. Well, 
you know, maybe, maybe it, it can be like sustainable for people like Henry that, it, you know, that the addiction just, you know, you can just keep playing and, and it's epic. I mean, it's been like that for, for some people, but they're in particular parts of the world, I suppose. But, um, but yeah, what does it mean to me? It's like, it's a, it's very important sort of part of my life, I guess now. I like it. I like That's it. Deep. I, I always like the arts people after these. So yeah, this, this really is the thing because although you think some, everyone's going to say the same thing, everyone says something different. Yeah. So it's yeah. always nice to get everyone's sort of. It's like in a movie when it could be like a comedy and then at the end it's like the moral of the story and it just gets a bit yeah. deep for a second and then we just fade out. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically what happens every episode. <laughs> yeah. Actually, it must be interesting for you to, because you've done, how many of these have you done now? Like a hundred and... hundred and... A hundred and twelve, I want to say. Because oh. like you're getting this perspective on all these people, right? So it's oh, like yeah. you're yeah, getting this new perspective on paintball because you're interviewing all these people and yeah, that's pretty cool. Makes you just want to play yeah, it more, you know. Yeah, it does. It, does. <laughs> it gives me ideas. Yeah, it is. Um, I do really enjoy doing this, and you get to talk to a lot of different people and meet a lot of different people, and that's that, that is a it is a cool thing, and everyone's really yeah. friendly, so. Um, that's your little chat box I mean, you got your little chat box you i do love a good like, i do yeah. love a good gas i'm not gonna lie i do love a little good gas and you that know? Is, that's another thing that's amazing about paintball is the community because it is yeah. quite a small community but like you see people go on to like a uk paintball group and say oh uh, where can i play or and people are on there saying to them you know i, I really feel like if we just if the, all the doorways to the paintball are kind of more open and people can see what the what there is there to play the more we can make that visible the more um the more people will take it up you know definitely and, and the thing is once because you all know like something happened when you played paintball for the first time or the second time or whatever it was that hooked you and the hook is hard right because yeah it lasts. <laughs> it's not like a small hook that like you know you might shake off or something once you once you get hooked on paintball it's like it, that it's that person that that is dangling that rod is got a bite. <laughs> that's the problem. That rod is that rod's bending over because that hook is in there. You know that's it done. You ain't escaping. That's that's a, a barbed nibble. hook. That's a yeah. barbed hook. That's not, that's not no normal hook. That's a barbed hook. It's like a nibble off chat. Take it hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Well, Alan, where can people find you? What's your socials? Um, well, it's all Man Tigers, right? So it'll be our website, mantigers.co.uk. We'll be on Facebook, uh, Man Tigers on Facebook, uh, at Man Tigers on Instagram. Buy our new merchandise, which is a new range oh, of merchandise. Oh, yeah, we've got some, we're doing some really have we, cool have stuff. Have we not yeah, started that? Yeah. We, we haven't even talked about that, but just to, just to say, we're in, in trying to make everything more sustainable for the team and everything. We're not we're not trying to like my idea is we we don't try and lean on all the companies, if you see what I mean, that support support the team. I'm trying to get the team to be like in some way self self-supporting. So you need the, it to like, be a brand. Yeah, well, that, well that's it. And it's like it's you know, stand on your own two feet and actually making stuff that's cool and interesting and that people want to use and so on. And so we, yeah, we've launched, we've launched like the Project Mayhem thing, which is like a play off of the back of Fight Club and the Project Mayhem in the movie, which I think is going to be really cool. 
and we've got loads of GHOJ. Of, yeah, what yeah. we can do that and, and get him out, judge that, you know, Jihad. So good, the, so iconic now. Yeah. And so there's like, there's a load of stuff. And Henry, Henry's got his own line of. Um, Cross the straps, plug the straps. And it's yeah. just, it's, I think it's all just really cool stuff. And, uh, it, and I, and I think it's, there's loads of work around that and ideas that we can build on that will just be really cool things to do in, in paintball. And I, I hope kind of people have a look at it and think that that's cool and want to kind of get involved with it too. Definitely. Well, thank you for your time. Thank you very much. I know this was take two um, after my technical failures earlier. Um, but yeah, thank you for coming on. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, okay. I hope people listen and learn from from your experiences and hopefully take it all on board um but yeah thank you thanks very much guys but on that note it's a goodbye from me yeah bye for me and thanks alan it was great bye lads <laughs> see you on the next one guys <laughs>